Hello, and welcome to The Library Coven, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly why fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because critique is our fangirl love language, and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jessie. And I'm Kelly. And it's time to take a look back at all the wonderful things we loved in this shit show of a year. Um, we want to share with you all our faves, and we would like to hear yours as well. Um, so this is a bonus episode, 2020 Year in Review. Twenty twenty by the numbers. One name change <laughs> <laughs> slash rebrand. Twenty five episodes. 14 books, 10 Great British Bake Off episodes. That's a dedication right there. Dedication. And love. Also, two full-length bonus episodes, one about Umbrella Academy and one to celebrate two years of podcasting. And we also did a year in review recap episode. So that totals, I did some like numbers. I did this, we did this for 2019. So Jesse was like, I'll count some stuff. And then she's like, I didn't actually do any of the math. <laughs> I left all the hard math for Kelly. Um, <laughs> and by hard, it's math. just like addition. But it's okay. We did it. I had to, would have had to look up a lot of stuff. Oh, I, I had look my partner up. sitting next to me and was like, look up this book and how many pages it is. Like, <laughs> it was a team effort. Nice. Let's see. We came out to 20 hours of produced episode audio. So not like the raw audio that is 1173 minutes that's a lot and since it takes us about four times as long as the episode is like to edit it and produce it right so it's approximately 80 hours of editing audio and then writing the show notes afterwards to cite our sources and do all of the extra research and stuff and then depending on the book we spend maybe 30 45 minutes an hour maybe like depend if it's like the first book in a series maybe two hours sometimes for me at least prepping episode scripts beforehand so that comes out to about 30 ish hours who knows how many hours of reading and listening so many hours yeah right i also counted the pages average length of the book i was kind of surprised about this average length was 496 pages which is funny i felt like we read some not so long books this year but i guess they were kind of long <laughs> yeah well the, we only had one book that was under 300 pages wow that that's wild the marrow thieves oh yeah that one's pretty short mm -hmm. we should probably read more short books <laughs> <laughs> that would help ourselves yeah and the page total was 6946 which is like considering that we started in june because it was the last semester of my PhD and we took an impromptu break. Thanks, Jesse, for being <laughs> flexible. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so it's like half of the year, really. Even more impressive considering that fact. Do you have any yeah. impressions after hearing the numbers? It's just a lot. I don't really think about it as I'm doing it. But when I think about like, you kind of think about how long a book is when you dislike it. But because like, I mean, as we discussed, I didn't really enjoy The Marrow Thieves that long. And so it feels like it was super long to me. But to know that it's under 200 pages. <laughs> and with just like, like big print oh. and stuff. You know, thing, when you're not enjoying something, it's it's a slog. Time, time <laughs> is made up anyway. So <laughs> it's, it's fake. Yeah, that's just like we did a lot this year, especially on like a shortened schedule, I guess. And during the um, pandemic. Uh, forget yeah. about it like <laughs> we need a round of applause 
<laughs> so yeah, numbers. Uh, I think it's a cool opportunity at least to quantify our work a little bit. Self- insert self-promo here. If you want to support our labor, you can consider joining our Patreon. We want to keep making yeah. cool shit. Yeah, leave and us a tip on coffee. Also that. Bookshop.org affiliate page. All the places. All right, let's let's talk about some stuff. Books. Books. All the books. What books did you read this year that you couldn't put down? I definitely think Queen of Nothing was up there for me because I wanted to see how the um, series turned out. Also love L.L. McKinney's books. We Hunt the Flame was my first time reading Hafsa Faisal this year, so loved it. Also Nocturna by Maya Motain. I was really drawn up in that one. Bruja Born. I remember really being like, I need to know what happens to Lula and the zombies. Not zombies. Casi Muertos. Excuse me. But kind of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> A genre of zombie. Also, I was really into the audiobook that I listened to of The Dragon Republic by R.F. Kuang. What about you, Jesse? I would say Legendborn by Tracy Dion. I took a long time to read that book. Like I read it really slowly, but it was so good. I really want to read it now. You'd like talk about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) If you just like love black girl magic, both literally and figuratively and King Arthur legends and like Kaz like characters that seem bad, but you know, they're going to be like, you know, you're going to fall in love with them. Selwyn forever. I just loved it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to read it. Okay, I'm going to get it. And it takes place at UNC Chapel Hill, which is pretty cool because I know where that is. And like, I've been there. So like, it takes place in the South, which is fun. I would say Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas was great. It takes place close to Dia de los Muertos, which was fun. Um, So it was like the perfect book to read like in October. We Hunt the Flame by Hafsa Fazil. Oh, just loved that book and I can't wait for We Free the Stars. Already pre-ordered it. And then I read a graphic novel for class called New Kid by Jerry Craft that I absolutely adored and then I bought the second one in the series. What's it I'm about? Not a huge... Can you talk about it? I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's um about a biracial kid who lives in New York City in one of the boroughs. I don't remember which one. Um, not Manhattan, Obvi. He starts going to a private school um, on a scholarship, and it's kind of like talking about him being biracial and being one of few people of color in the class. Um, and he's in middle school. And then the second one is called Class Act, and that one tells a story of another, like of another POC in the class, a black boy named Jordan. Um, and in that book, I really enjoyed it because you can see how like the difference between being biracial and being black and like how that can change like people's views of you and how like those interactions. So it's a book for middle schoolers, but I just like loved it. It's like laugh out loud funny. I love a middle um, grade novel every now and then. Yeah, I never read them. So I like I was like shocked with myself and I'm like, oh, I guess I should read more graphic novels. <laughs> I will take suggestions if people have good suggestions. <laughs> What about a reread? Any favorite rereads on your end? I didn't do much rereading this year. And I think that's partly because, you know, at the be- between like March and probably like June-ish, I didn't do hardly any reading at all. So I did reread Akamath 
So I'm going to go with that one, but I kind of reread it every year because I just love it. Tis the season for face and. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Always for face and. Deck the halls. (laughs) Same, same. I didn't do much rereading either just because of, you know, the work I was doing and uh, pandemic and then reading for the podcast where I was reading new stuff. Slash I'm always reading like 20 books at a time. Yeah. Do you finish them though? (laughs) Okay. Yes, I do eventually. (laughs) I am a big rewatcher. So I did rewatch all of Great British Bake Off twice. (laughs) Here's a trophy. That was great. (laughs) New authors discovered this year. Did you discover any new authors this year? You start. Tally Hibbert. I had to go back and look at my Goodreads. I was like not sure if I started the Brown Sister series this year, but I definitely did. It was the perfect romance. I love both the books and I can't wait for Actor Age, Eve Brown. I've already pre-ordered it. Tracy Dion, who wrote Legendborn, which I loved. And Leah Johnson, who wrote You Should See Me in a Crown. Um, I read it with my, we call it the Low Stakes Book Club. And it was just such a good book. I adored it. It was so cute. Would recommend. Uh, those are, are all books? so good, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I second Talia Hibbert because you told me about her. You recommended her to me very recently. And I listened to both audiobooks, like one audiobook a day. What was your experience listening to romance on audiobook? People oh get like really uncomfortable. It wasn't uncomfortable to me at all. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think like reading or listening to erotica is like that. I mean, it's not even erotica. It's like, what, one or two sex scenes, maybe? Yeah, it's, oh my God, yeah, it's not erotica. Yeah, that's a different, that's a whole different thing. To, <laughs> whole other level right <laughs> no I didn't I didn't I wasn't weirded out at, and I also like listened to it faster because like I cannot with one time speed like I fucking agree two times or nothing <laughs> yeah it's like two times or bust or 1.5 depending sometimes I listen yeah. to LeVar Burton reads on 1.5 speed because he deserves it yeah sometimes if it's like if they don't have like an American accent even if it's like an English accent or something I'll do like 1.5 at the beginning because it always takes me a a little bit of time to get like used to listening to a different accent yeah for sure for sure it's like learning to speed read but listen I don't know how to speed read I don't know what that means but okay (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway so it's Talia Hibbert for sure I want to read she has like paranormal romances which I'm totally gonna read (laughs) What have I created? <laughs> <laughs> really, though, we know who to blame. We know who the puppet master is. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Also, I really loved Maya Motain's writing from Nocturna and Kat Cho, uh, who wrote Wicked Fox. Thanks to prepping for recording that episode, I have now found the lovely world of K-drama. And I started learning Korean on Duolingo. <laughs> so it's like way past time I learned a non-European language. And I'm like, Ooh, love it loving it that's so fun does Duolingo teach you how to like read and like with the characters yeah I'm learning the characters and the sounds and stuff and you're kind of like picking up on the patterns and shit but I've learned a lot of languages hair flip (laughs) a hair flip with no hair yeah no hair my hair is like what an inch long right now maybe I don't even think it is I don't even know but yeah it's definitely way past time I learned some character languages so like it's just cool to be back in the beginner's mindset that's like a is that like a buddhist teaching or something or a zen i don't know like the, sure. it's like a way that you approach things from like the beginner's point of view and then just like ah oh, this is so good to like learn things we were talking about this yeah. off recording 
you know just like yeah. really good for your soul as a person yeah learning is fun yeah those are my new authors fun good authors thanks most villainous villains probably the same as last year just systems of oppression just you know doing the most <laughs> really working hard to ruin everything for everyone multiple <laughs> pandemics really appreciate it yeah not yeah also fucking people not wearing masks mm -hmm, i can't mm -hmm. i can't with it like we have to normalize i would feel so much safer anywhere else but in the united states right now i think depending on like the cultural i don't know approach to like solidarity you know and just like mm -hmm. no you wear a mask because like that's what you do because we're protecting all of us yeah I mean, the CDC should have probably just come out and been like, masks protect you as well. Like, protect yourself because people are selfish and that'll get them to do things. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. They need some real help with their marketing, I think. For real. <laughs> and but also, it's like, you tell me the CDC, like, sneeze particles when you sneeze go up to, like, 27 feet or something. And the CDC is like, six feet outside is fine. Well, they also were like, you don't need to wear masks. Exactly. Because they didn't want us to take them from healthcare workers. So, like, just put everyone else at risk. But whatever. Any I'm not bitter about it. I'm not. But we are. We are. <laughs> very. I was wearing a mask anyways. So. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's just, like, sucks when people are, the ideological state apparatus just, like, is blows. Thanks, Altusser, for that phrasing. Anyway. Racial capitalism blows. Here we are. Lots of shitty things this year. Yeah, these aren't these aren't uh, book villains. <laughs> no, real, li real life villains. Let's move on to happier things <laughs> and talk about our fave ships. You first, Safira and Nasir. I just love them so much. I don't know why, and we've never because this is Hafsa Fazio's first book. Like, I have no idea what to expect. Like, if we're going to get a happy ending, I'm, like, always, like, like on her Instagram stories, like, what's going on? Because she talks about, like, her books. And she has a new series she just signed up. Um, signed up. <laughs> she just, like, signed contracts signed. for. Um, I think it's adult books. But um, cool. I'm really excited. Yay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my favorite ships. I, I'm still a Jordan fan over here. Yeah. I just think they have some good chemistry. I also really like Safira in this year. This year, did we read any of um, Elias and Leia, Laia? Not this year. No, it's funny. My book is here. My uh, Sky of Storms is here. And in my, like, quarantined, you know, we quarantine all our packages for three days or wipe them off. But it's in quarantine. And I'm like, I can't wait to read it. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go get it. And then we can record an episode about it. I know. Sad. Yeah, we'll probably just record it early. Yeah, <laughs> bonus, bonus episodes. It's not on the schedule. <laughs> or we'll just like do it. Wait for it. Wait to release it. Who knows? Who knows? We do what we, we want. don't even know. <laughs> um, I also actually really I forgot for some reason. I really like the couple from Cemetery Boys and Legendborn. Like there are two ships in that story, so I won't spoil it for anyone. But I think when you when you read it, you'll know who I. Do you ship like immediately? <laughs> probably. Oh, probably. I mean, as soon as the character like came onto the page, I was like, oh, I'm going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. What about a problematic fave? I mean, probably still Kaz. Like he, he's not the greatest, but I really like him. Maybe Nasir. I don't know what's going to happen. 
I guess we'll see when we for the stars comes out but like he's either gonna be really great or he's gonna be like a fucking terrible person so I don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> what about you I second the Kaz answer he's not a good person I think it's so why that doesn't I like matter him. to me <laughs> <laughs> He's just very realistic, Agreed. you know? Agreed. Yeah, I don't know. We're discovering so many new books and authors and stuff because we try to do... We've been trying to pick people with less clout, kind of. Kind of, but still, like, be able to, like, read all the books that we want to read. Exactly. It's a balancing act. It is. It is. So, yeah, we we try to, like, mix it up. But, yeah, I don't know. I've, we've been finding so many good things that I'm just like, no problems, really. <laughs> Hashtag true confessions, books that we still haven't read. So many books. Ninth House, haven't read it. Not sure if I will. I might. I've heard like very mixed reviews about it. So if someone wants to tell me if I should read Ninth House, please do. (laughs) Please. I want to know if I should read it too. It's sitting on my bookshelf. Kingdom of Ash. I'm like, oh my God, I just need to fucking finish the series already. But I like maybe I'll do that over this winter break is just finish Kingdom of Ash. It's so long. I think and I, I have don't to get the audio anyone. Uh, like, but I already bought the book. I know. I, I know. <laughs> I bought the book too. It's just like, but I, do I want to read that? Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and I think the Throne of Glass series might only be on Audible. Like, I don't think I can get it Ooh. from the library. Yeah. And I don't have Audible and I don't really want it because I won't use it because I mostly use the library. So, ugh. Ugh. A good time to plug your libraries. Like, if you want audiobooks, like, check out and see if they have, like, Hoopla or Overdrive and Libby. It's the best. It's how I get all of my audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about Libro FM? Do you know about... What do you think about that? Yeah, Libro FM is great. It supports independent bookstores with your audiobook purchases, which is great. Sweet. Um, also, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I have not read any V.E. Schwab. Let Neither me just have I. That at the beginning. I tried to read... A Darker Shade of Magic and I got like 50 pages in and I was like nothing is happening and I stopped reading it but people love V.E. Schwab so I'm like am I missing out? I don't know. It's a good question. Someone let me know. FOMO? So because I was Do on Instagram FOMO? I don't know it's kind of hard because I'm like oh I want to read it but like as you can see those are all white authors and I'm kind of like mm, am I missing out? I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I have other things to read. We have other priorities here. Yeah, but because I was on Instagram so much this summer slash year, I saw so many books that everyone was posting, and I really felt like I wasn't always reading the same things. So, and like without the library available to me for almost all of this year, I had to buy books, and that really limited what I could do financially. So, I've tried to only buy books that I like really wanted to read and support like less well known authors. But it's also been a tough year for me for that reason because I've don't have access to like the physical items at the library which is sad <laughs> it is very sad and just like a microcosm for what's happening you know everywhere it just is yeah really too bad as far as people's access yeah. to like awesome worlds and information and, and stuff like that yeah and it's been a, I'm very lucky in that I have like reliable internet access and like I can, I do have the financial means to buy books and that sort of thing but I can't imagine like what it's like to you know, not be as well off and like trying to go to school, you know, it's just, it's been a tough year for a lot of people. So hopefully we've brought some joy into people's lives and I hope people are getting through. Okay. (laughs) What are your hashtag true confessions? (laughs) (laughs) Also Kingdom of Ash. Haven't read it. 
I don't even remember half of what happened in the Throne of Glass series at this point. So I'm going to need to like, my concern. I'm going to need to like, well, I can't, if I look it up, yeah. then I risk spoiling I it. Fuck. Exactly. That's the problem. God damn it. And I don't want to go back and like listen to six. No, I'm not doing really that. Really fucking long books. No. <laughs> uh-uh. You've been like really doing amazing on the social media and doing Thanks. bookstagram and just like. Uh, growing the audience and stuff it's great and yeah seeing being on there and seeing you know what all of the bookstagram community is posting about it's just like can't read all of those things or don't have access to all of those things like I don't have library access anymore except for like public libraries because I'm not affiliated with an institution so that's like a new thing I'm navigating cool mm-hmm. there's a lot of nonfiction books that I want to keep slash finish reading <laughs> to go back to your earlier point so emergent strategy, care work, trauma stewardship, body keeps the score, lots of deep dives like that into somatics and things. So I'm, in, I'm interested in learning more about that. Yeah. True confessions is that, I don't know. I don't have very many. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we mentioned a lot of books that were like, oh, haven't read those, but probably people think we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. V.E. Schwab. That's a big one for sure. I know. And I'm like, am I missing out? Or is this like just super hyped up? Yeah. Yeah. That might is it going to be the Grisha verse all over again? I, pff, like what? No, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Lee Bardugo. I really like Six of Crows, but Shadow and Bone was trash. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know people love her. It's fine. Her other books are great. <laughs> I saw her. We got our, yeah. ki- we got King of Scars autograph still haven't read king of scars should add that to the list oh really yeah that's a good true confessions one that's a good one i should read it because i actually really like um what's his face nikolai (laughs) nikolai that's it that's it (laughs) and the show i hope maybe next year so looking forward to that why a fantasy trends in publishing the tea i feel like there's a lot of anthologies out this year And I purchased my first one called Vampires Never Get Old. So for the most part, I haven't gotten to any of the authors that I actually know yet. And I'm like, do I like anthologies? I don't know. Maybe they're just not like maybe that one's just not it for me. So we'll be trying another one soon. (laughs) More on that TBD. More on that to come TBD. Yeah. But I might not really like them. I don't think I'm a huge short story fan with the exception of I do really love Raymond Carver. Um, I will say that English major here read a lot of Raymond Carver (laughs) (laughs) and Edgar Allan Poe. Actually, maybe I just need something like this microphone is set on the complete tales and poems of Edgar Allan Poe currently. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Right underneath it is HP Lovecraft. Oh, never read any Lovecraft either. Other publishing things, L.L. McKinney started a hashtag publishing pay me, highlighting the pay disparities between authors of color and white authors. And oh, my God, go look at it. It's ridiculous. I mean, if anything has shown us how terrible it is, like just look at the book deal that that person who wrote American Dirt got. And they don't even have that experience of being. I'm just like, And working in a library where people like come asking you for these things, it's like really hard not to be like, can you get another fucking book, please? Like, no. (laughs) But I also don't believe in censorship. So, yeah, (laughs) 
I don't censor what people read. They can do their thing. But ugh, it was really frustrating. Yeah. Oh, those are good uh, low lights. Thank you for pointing them out. <laughs> low lights. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. The anthologies aren't low lights necessarily. There are a lot of no. anthologies out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, The Vampires Never Get Old is mostly books by or mostly stories by um, women of color and but also V.E. Schwab and hers was the book that or the story that got picked up to be a TV show or a movie or something. So that has also been like kind of frustrating. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. There we go. That connects both of those very well. Yeah. There's my anthology to publishing paid me connections. So yeah. Like what's her name? Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts's niece. Yeah. I think it's gonna, I haven't gotten to that story yet. Maybe that'll be my like dipping in my toes to VE Schwab, but I'm also like, uh, of all the stories you picked, you picked the like one story written by a white person. Like, oh my God. Of course. You know, and it just shows how like these industries are fairly connected. You know, they're not. Yeah. Like that as separate as, you know, you'd think that they are. Yeah. I don't know if I have any. You're more online than me. (laughs) (laughs) I am online quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of any other publishing things, but we'll (laughs) keep you updated. What about personal milestones, non-pod related or not, uh, not non-pod related, just personal milestones? Um, I think making it through this pandemic is a milestone of fucking course, especially because of my immunocompromised status. Both of our immunocompromised status, it's just been like a very weird year and not the most fun I'm really lucky in that I'm already an introvert. So staying at home all the time is not difficult for me, (laughs) but I have missed, you know, the library and Target and my favorite Chinese food restaurant. So those kind of things. I miss that. When I wrote this, we were almost at 300 followers on Instagram, but now we are over 300 followers on Instagram. I've met a lot of cool people through Instagram this year, doing a lot of work there. And I think we've grown our audience, which is great because while we love doing this, it means nothing without you magical people out there. Um, So it's been really great to get to know y'all. And, you know, you can always feel free to like send us a message. Slide into our DMs, please. (laughs) We're like real people. so. But in a nice way, if you send me weird things, I will not reply. I will probably block you. (laughs) I mean, it depends on the level of weirdness, but you know, um, what about you? I think your point about pandemic survivance is very important to highlight, you know, the fact that we're doing things amidst it all. Um, I finished my PhD. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God. That was, um, mm, seven years of grad school. My partner and I bought a house, which is just like big and invasive and weird and capitalisty, and I feel very <laughs> confused about everything about it. So, we also became a sponsor to an asylum seeker, so that's been big. I dedicated more time to creative projects, which I'm, you know, think that that's helped with mental and emotional stuff, like paper and fiber art things. On my vision board was to cry more. And I have done that <laughs> successfully in 2020. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Why would you put that on a vision board? <laughs> because I needed to feel my feelings, Jesse. 
Mm, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, said no or not now to like academic jobs and stuff, which is also big since that's been the plan like five ever. Yeah, just in the in the void, the unknown right now, which I think is like kind of everyone is with pandemic and shit. Yeah. Those are some some milestones. You had some highs and lows in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definite highs and lows. What else? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the pot, it seems like more people are reaching out and stuff with the podcast as far as audience goes. And that's like really cool to see because we've been working on this for two and a half years now. And it's just like, I love seeing that people listen to it from all over and we, you know, love getting messages and getting your feedback and stuff. I want to do a listener survey at some point or like a supporter survey or whatever. So yeah, yeah that would be fun. We'll do that sometime. Yeah. But reach out to us for like for whatever. Also authors can reach out to us if they would like. <laughs> We'd yeah. be happy to have you on. <laughs> so favorite nonfiction books this year? I loved the memoir Rust Belt Femme by Rachel Ann Jolie. Also really love Braiding Sweetgrass by Bridget Wall Kemmerer. And I took a really good seminar with a rad professor shout out dr Seema sohi amazing yeah about race and citizenship so read this book called social death by lisa marie cacho it's just like really scathing and goes into how like the whole citizenship thing is obviously racialized and settler colonialist as fuck so and also stamp from the beginning by ibram x kendi i listened to that on audiobook it was good oh i listened to part of that on audio i read part read part uh, actually i did a buddy read with deanna um, and it was fun to talk about, but also terrible, you know, um, some of that history that we don't learn. So Stand From the Beginning is on my list as well. They Called Us Enemy by George Takei, which was another graphic novel um, about his time in internment camps during World War II. Um, as a child, it was probably a great read for people who want to teach their kids about that time in America, just because it is from the viewpoint of a child. So I think that's like really helpful. Because it can be hard talking to kids about tough issues, but I mean, it's important that you actually do it. <laughs> and because that's something so you don't that raise really gets like elided or like left out, I think, mm -hmm. in most in a lot of curricula. Yeah, for sure. I also read a book called Evicted by De or by Matthew Desmond, and that book was about housing in I forget where the the book take takes place. Actually, I think it's in Ohio somewhere where you can see like the difference, like interviews like landlords and then like um, renters and like how terrible that system is and racist and I didn't think I would like the book I like cried reading it so you know that's like a big deal that is um, big <laughs> I know um, but I read that for a non-fiction or an adult pop literature class and that was one the non-fiction book that I read for the class so it was really good I would recommend it to people who don't understand especially what it means to be like having unstable housing and the eviction process. I think there was also an episode of the Patriot Act about eviction. So like those two kind of go hand in hand. RIP Patriot Act. <laughs> what about favorite shows that you watched this year? I love asking you this question because you are a very curated show watcher. I watched so much TV this year. Yes, probably more than usual because of the pandemic. And I actually have a really hard time remembering the shows like after they're gone like after I'm done watching them and like I had to ask my husband like what did we watch this year like I'm having trouble remembering so fave shows 
season four of The Crown, which is amazing. And I'm really excited to see where the show goes. There's some drama going on because like, <laughs> like, what is it? The person who's in charge of like cultural things, the minister of culture and something else wants them to put like a note about how things in the show are fictionalized. And like, obviously we don't know about private conversations that happen between the queen and her children. Um, but I guess some people don't understand like creative nonfiction. So I don't know. I disagree. I don't think it needs a warning. Insecure. Oh my God. Ended on a cliffhanger and I cannot wait for the new season of Insecure. Great British Bake Off. Of course, we did 10 fucking episodes. So <laughs> we love that show. <laughs> the Great, which is about Catherine the Great. That show, I think my husband and I watched at the beginning of the pandemic, was so good. So funny. I did not realize I love Nicholas Holt or Dakota Fanning, but I love them both. Patriot Act, which I will miss dearly. Hassan, you are the better version of John Oliver. Sorry, not sorry. So true. <laughs> The Queen's Gambit was amazing. If I had to pick like a fave celebrity for this year, after Sebastian Stan, of course, it would be Anna Taylor-Joy because she, like I've watched her in a few things this year and I just loved it. The second season of You was really good. Did not see that coming with the twist at the end. Really good. Breeders with, um, you know, the guy from Sherlock, Martin Freeman. The show's about a couple that has kids and they're kind of like they don't regret having kids but also you can tell like it's realistic depiction of what it's like to be parents so would recommend very funny and of course umbrella academy very excited for season three and probably would just like watch anything that gerard way created listen to watch read touched <laughs> all the things sniffed one so time <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> Those are all the shows I can think of, but of course there's probably more than that because I just, oh, I forgot, like Never Have I Ever. I think oh, that was that one was year. so good. Yeah, that's not on mine either. They're recording season two right now and I just love that show so much. The person that plays Davey is just perfect and team Paxton Hall Yoshida for life. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> because he's an actual adult. He's like 30 years old and I'm like, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are not a high schooler. No. Okay. What were your favorite shows? You mentioned so many good ones. I'll talk about the ones that I second, and then I'll talk about the ones that I that I am bringing up. Definitely GBBO, obviously. Mm -hmm. Queen's Gambit, really enjoyed that. I thought it was very good. Umbrella Academy, obviously. Excellent. I really liked Lovecraft Country. Crash Landing on You. Oh my God. It's I'm in the middle. It's a K-drama. It's oh. so good. So Netflix... <laughs> I watched literally one K drama in preparation. It was very entrepreneurial and like and stuff called Itaewon Class. And then Netflix was like, "Here's all of the recommendations that we have for you." And then I started watching Crash Landing on You, and oh my god, everyone is just like so good. <laughs> anyway, I could go on forever. I thought The Good Place ended really well. I liked. I it. forgot that was this year. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that one. I watched Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. That one was good. Also really enjoyed The Dragon Prince. Dragon Prince was good. It's a cartoon. Oh, okay. It's like a Y7 cartoon on Netflix. Vita. Excellent, excellent, excellent show. It's on Stars, I think. Yeah, it's about like um, two sisters who are running their mom, late mother's bar in Los Angeles. And it's just like mm. queer, Latina. It's great. And then also Pose second season of Pose came out this year and I love that I adore that show it's just excellently produced 
so well acted you know representation in front of and behind the camera which is like like structurally what needs to happen in order for representation mm-hmm. to like i don't know to, to be like even more impactful i guess yeah so yeah those are mine I guess this is a good time to talk about maybe shows that we're excited for just because I was thinking of it right this moment. The Marvel TV shows start next year. Starting in January, we get um, WandaVision and in March we get (sighs) Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I am like over the moon excited for. Sebastian. Is this a Sebastian Stan account? Get it? (laughs) Is it? I don't know. Actually, I never post Sebastian Stan (laughs) stuff. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we'll get the loki tv show like my husband and i watched the trailers and then i like texted my friend tara the next day to be like oh my god did you see it i haven't seen any of those trailers i didn't know that any of this was happening so thank you for I'm telling like, me beyond excited they're filming spider-man 3 right now and charlie cox who played daredevil in the marvel tv sh- and the netflix marvel tv show is supposed to be in it so like i'm just very excited for all of the marvel things you are a marvel connoisseur Yes, but only of the like visual media. I don't actually read the comic books because I don't really enjoy them. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But you know, you have watched and know a lot about the MCU. Yes, I'm going to try and convince my husband to rewatch all the movies before WandaVision comes out. So we'll see. Yet another rewatch. <laughs> I love a rewatch. Are there any shows or anything that you're excited for for next year or coming out? Hmm. Oh, I forgot to say Kim's Convenience. That's another one that my partner and I started watching and it's really good. I love it. My friend Tara recommended it to me, so I might watch that today. It's just like so honest and funny and witty and it's great. So anyway, looking forward to looking forward to I'm in intrigued maybe to watch the second season of his dark materials oh yeah i forgot about that one just like has such high production value that i'm like oh all of the like effects are so good what else i don't know i just i do what the algorithm tells me <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> but also not kidding <laughs> i love it's always sunny in philadelphia i love when i have a new season of that to watch yeah i don't know Shows are filming, so I think we'll have new stuff. Fave movies from this year? I saw the movie Rafiki this year. It's not from this year, but I saw it this year. I loved that film. I had a really hard time answering this question, actually. Really hard. Why? I don't know. I just, like, didn't... We watched a lot of meh movies this year. Okay, okay. It was one of those where you're like, okay, you sit down and you're like, okay, you can pick a movie this time and you hope it goes well and then it doesn't and then you switch off <laughs> and then you hope it goes well and then it doesn't again. And it's just like over and over again. TV, I think, has been better for me. We've also had less movies come out this year because of movie theater closing. So yeah, that's true. We watched The Old Guard. That was all right. It was like an okay action movie. It was fine. Crip Camp on Netflix. I really liked that movie. Also, Trial of the Chicago 7 was good. What about you? I watched emma um the 2021 with anna taylor joy and the guy from love sick so if you haven't seen the show love sick it came out like kind of a while ago but it's great it's on netflix it's english emma was just so good and i loved it so much and i saw some real shitty reviews of it from like audience not critics and i was just like i don't think y'all understand that jane austen is like satire but that's fine whatever it was amazing that was a good film for sure. Yeah. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like that. It was that. so beautiful also. The costumes are gorgeous. I love yeah. that actor from Lovesick. Yeah. He's so funny. Uh, yeah, he was really good. And you know what? I did not recognize him at first because of like the facial hair of Mr. Knightley. And I had I was like, where do I know him from? It was like killing me. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, he looks so different. <laughs> <laughs> Big time adolescence with Pete Davidson was like a perfect movie. It was so good and so realistic. And I know people who were like that when I was young and working in like, like not fast food, but like in restaurants and stuff. It was a great movie. I think I'm in love with Pete Davidson. Whatever. That's on brand. (laughs) Is it? Is it? I don't know. (laughs) I watched Book Smart. I don't think it came out this year, but it was really funny. It's like a girl's version of Superbad basically except for both characters are super smart so (laughs) it was really good and I think was directed by Olivia Wilde I really enjoyed it Mm, cool Mm, I forget her first name her last name is Feldstein it's um uh Beanie not Jonah Hill Jonah Hill's sister younger sister is it Beanie or something yeah 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 she's not Jonah Hill yeah Jonah Hill it's his sister oh I didn't know that yeah um, and then I watched Good Boys, which is basically super bad, but with like young children, like middle school boys. <laughs> and it was hilarious, like full belly laughs. Just so funny. I love a good comedy. <laughs> you really so, do. Those are my, I know. I love comedy. I also watch all of John Mulaney's standups this year. I also like love John Mulaney. Like we can get married whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Except that he has a dog, so we can't. <laughs> My true confessions is maybe that I don't like stand-up comedy. Yeah, which or is very like, much comedy. It doesn't compute to me. I'm like, you don't like to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could try it more. Who knows? You like com- stand-up comedy that likes to pretend that it's not stand-up comedy. Like, um, yeah, like Hannah, Hannah Gatsby. Gatsby. Exactly. And I'm like, they're like, I don't want to be a stand-up comedian anymore. And I'm like, but what are you doing then? <laughs> like her second, please. the second one was so good. I think it's just like I have to like the person and their style and then I'm fine with it. But yeah, that's my true confession is that I'm not watching Han- I'm not watching Nanette. It's you don't have to watch happen. Nanette. I know, but people bug you about it. Like if you say you like comedy, they're like, oh, my God, have you watched Nanette? And I'm like, nah. I also like a rever- like comedies like, uh, oh, TV shows, what we do in the shadows. I really liked like mm. I like the i love taika waititi's sense of humor i could just he's really funny every day also yeah mm, so hot anyway (laughs) (laughs) he's such a dad he like posts pictures of him doing dad things with his kids and i'm like this is real sweet still (laughs) even more i think he's directing some star wars stuff next year really and he's directing the next thor yes yeah of course if he wasn't i'd be like what the fuck there's a reason why (laughs) thor ragnarok was so good it's Thor, the best Thor. It is. <laughs> and it's because Taika Waititi. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What were we talking about again? Oh, we're moving on. What are you looking forward to <laughs> about 2021, Jesse? Okay. So many things. Pandemic vaccine. I'm going to say it's number one, even though like I'm, I'm excited because I would like to leave my house, but like, it's not what I'm most excited for. I'm just like very glad, you know, I'll be finishing my LIS degree. So that's exciting. That's library and information science, everyone. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Library and information science. I will be able to be a, a librarian. <laughs> a professional book witch. A professional book witch. All the Marvel TV shows, which I've already like gushed about. 
And then I'm going to see My Chemical Romance in October, given that there's a vaccine and that I'm able to do that. I've already, like, we booked a hotel in the hopes that everything works out. It's cancel. We can cancel. Yeah, I'm looking to all forward to all those things next year. Those are, like, my big highlights. I'm, like, internal screaming when you're talking about the <laughs> MCR show. Like, ah, it's so exciting. <laughs> Ugh, so exciting. What oh. are you looking forward to? Maybe I'll get myself MCR tickets for the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> for late 2021. I deserve them. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to in 2021. Also the vaccine. Yes. Uh, I think that's a really good one. <laughs> Being able to leave my house. Also reading more books for the podcast. There's so many series yes. that we've started and I want to keep reading. Hey, Sabbath And new here. series to speak in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't wait. We should find more standalone novels. <laughs> For real, please recommend us some. <laughs> Growing a garden um, and then maybe teaching, depending on how the pandemic plans out. Those are all great things to look forward to. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Library Coven. We hope you all have a safe and wonderful holiday season. Um, let us know about all your faves of the year. We would love to hear about them. As always, we'd love to be in conversation with you magical folks. Let us know what you think of the episode, anything we missed, or just say hi by dropping a line in the comments or by reaching out to us on Twitter or Instagram at The Library Coven. You can post or tweet about the show using the hashtag critically reading and or hashtag The Library Coven. And you can contact us via email, which we are working to do better at answering <laughs> at thelibrarycoven at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Library Coven. Please do on the podcast app of your choice, then you automatically get the episodes. What's not to love? And we'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review the show and if you could spread the word to other rad people out there who you think would enjoy it. If you're able to support our labor financially, you can make a one-time donation on coffee. You can also support us monthly on Patreon in exchange for mini-sodes, bonus ups. We're work maybe we'll work on some swag at some point <laughs> <laughs> and more stuff. We're excited to do more with that platform. I think it'd be cool. And you can also support the show by shopping at our bookshop.org affiliate page. We've got some cool lists curated from episodes that we've done, future books, future episodes that we're going to do, TBR, anti-racism resources, et cetera, et cetera. Until next time, stay magical. Stay magical.